With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Inspiration and Transformation from the Banks of the Ganga with Sadvi Bhagwati Saraswati, an American sannyasi living at the Parmarth Nikitan Ashram in Rishikesh, India. Sadvi is president of the Divine Shakti Foundation, a charitable organization bringing education, vocational training, upliftment, and empowerment programs to women and children. Sadvi is also Secretary General of the Global Interfaith Wash Alliance and Director of the world-famous International Yoga Festival. Join the musings of an American sannyasi as Sadvi shares the wisdom and teachings of her guru, His Holiness, Pujyaswami Chidnant Saraswatiji. Welcome, everyone, to Inspiration and Transformation from the Holy Banks of the sacred Ganga River in the land of Rishikesh, India. I have good relationships. All of my needs are met. And I'm on a spiritual path. There's nothing wrong with my life, but sometimes I still feel sad inside. Why? What can I do? Well, first of all, realize that emotions are not the enemy. It's not about how can I remove this emotion or that emotion or why do I feel that, how to get rid of this emotion. Emotions are, quite literally, a pattern of activity in the brain. They may feel heart-wrenching, like it's sort of at the core of who we are. But they're actually not. It's actually a pattern, a chemical and an electrical pattern in our brain. They can stimulate, stick metal probes into the brain. The brain doesn't actually have any pain sensors, so they can do all of these sorts of tests and literally stick probes in the brain and make you feel happy, make you feel sad, make you cry, make you feel angry, make you sexually excited. I mean, they can sort of stimulate all of these different emotions, feelings that we have. We also know that simple chemicals do that. Anybody who comes home at night feeling sad and depressed and drowns their sorrows in a couple of shots of some alcoholic beverage or glasses of an alcoholic beverage or some drugs, they know. That's why they turn to it. The emotion I'm having isn't something I'm enjoying, therefore let me chemically alter it. New chemicals, boom, 
new emotions. So it's important at first to realize it's not who you are. It's a pattern in the brain and can be due to anything ranging literally from what you've eaten that day, the air you've breathed, how much you slept or didn't sleep, vitamin, mineral, balances. All of these things have a massive impact on our emotions. It also can be due to what we speak about as sanskaras, past impressions, sort of grooves in the brain. Neurologically, we speak about them as neuronal networks or patterning. Spiritually, we talk about them as sanskaras, literally, impressions, grooves, the way you flow. Like we know the river bed that flows in the valley through the mountains. Well, when the water comes, that's the bed it flows in. Because for thousands of years, the water, the river, has cut a valley through the mountains. It's an impression, a literal physical impression in the mountains. So when the river flows, when the rain comes, that's where the water goes, in that river bed. In the same way in our brains, we develop these these grooves, these patterns, these habits. That's sort of how, how our chemistry flows. And so when you notice something like sadness, notice it. If it keeps coming back over and over again, maybe it's there to tell you something. But it's not always bad. You know, a lot of times we've got this sort of fear of, oh my God, I'm sad. You know, people cry and everybody else rushes to, you know, dry their eyes. Oh, come here. You know, let me, let me dry your eyes, dry your eyes for you. As though somehow tears were bad. As though sadness were bad. None of it's bad. It's windows into different aspects of ourselves. And so don't try to push any of it away. But the question to ask ourselves is, what, what is its presence telling me? And you know, as we, as we grow on our spiritual path, interestingly, you think it's all just about joy and bliss, and, and in many cases it is. But the truth is that as we break out of what I call this illusion of separation, this myth of separation, into an awareness of our oneness, you actually find that the suffering of others impacts you in a way that it didn't before. So whereas before, maybe the sadness was just about, oh, you know, my best friend was mean to me today, or the guy I like ignored me, or, you know, something, something in my circle of friends or social life or drama happened that made me sad. But as we grow spiritually, sometimes that which brings sadness 
is a tree that's been cut down that you walk by. Or even that you don't walk by, but that you feel in your heart. I know a lot of people, really deeply spiritually awake people, who shed a lot of tears about the fires in the Amazon, the fires in Australia. I mean, this is, we're, we're connected. And so sadness in and of itself is not bad. Nothing is bad. The spiritual path is a path of stopping that judgment, stopping that sense of good badness and just allowing what is-ness. But here's what's really beautiful about the emotions. If I don't hook my drama into them, they dissipate very quickly. So there may be a moment of sadness. And I may know what caused it. I may not know what caused it. A very sad person may have walked by me and I energetically picked it up. We're energetic beings. And I may have just been sort of energetically overcome by the despair of the person who walked by me. Surprise, it's not all always about us. It's not always about my drama. Sometimes it may actually be about my connection to someone else. But if I don't hook a drama into it, it dissipates very, very quickly because then I walk by a flower that has opened its petals to the sun and that is just filled with such joy that suddenly I am, I am feeling the joy of the flower. And then suddenly there's a child and the child is just exuberant in bliss. And now I'm experiencing also the bliss of the child. And then maybe something within me wells up. And this is just, this is what it's like to be an energetic being in a world of energy. The problem comes when I, when I hook my drama into it. When it's, oh, I'm sad, my life, why does nothing go right for me? When, it, when I give it a story, and then I get attached to the story, and I get attached to the drama, and I convince myself that I am the story. And so there's sadness. And instead of just being able to sit with that, and even if there are tears, okay, <coughs> don't always know why there are tears. Sometimes there just are. Sometimes it rains when it's not the rainy season. It's nature. It just sometimes happens. And that's okay. But when our thinking mind tries to give it a story, oh, I must be crying because. Oh, I must be sad because. This person, that person, this situation. So if you find that in general, you're actually really living a deeply spiritual life, but you just sometimes have waves of emotions that come, that's okay. You know, when waves in the ocean come, 
those who know how to swim, what do they do? They dive in, right? When you're in the ocean and a wave is coming, only young kids or those who haven't swum before try to outrun the wave. They're the ones you see who turn around and go, ah, and they run back to the shore, and of course the wave beats them there, knocks them over, and they come up (laughs) sputtering for breath. But anyone who has swum, who knows how to swim, doesn't try to outrun a wave. The wave comes, and they turn around, they face it, they dive in. The wave goes one way, they come out on the other side. So as, as these waves come, Just drop deep. It's on the surface. It's energetic. A wind blows. It impacts us not just on the hairs on our skin, but in our our hearts and our brains and our collective consciousness. Let it happen and dive deep. And the more anchored you stay deeply, the less impacted you are by the constant fluctuation of the waves, by every single person you pass on the road or stand next to in the subway or who talks to you or every, you know, Facebook post someone sends you or thing that you see online. Otherwise, you just, it's a constant kind of up and downness. Anchor deep. But if you find that the, that the sadness is deep, if you feel like I have everything, but I still have this deep sadness, that's when you need to ask yourself, okay, what is it I really have and what is it I don't have? And have I tried to fill myself with, with external appeasements? Have I tried to buy my own happiness, buy my own peace, buy my own sense of fulfillment with possessions or titles or careers or relationships or luxury? Because we all know that doesn't work. And so sometimes if that sadness is deep in the face of having it all, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Then that sadness is really the truth of you kind of pulling on you. Like a kid standing there pulling on the mom's skirt, like trying to get her attention. Mom, mom. 
You know, sometimes that sadness is, is that truth pulling on you? Hey, listen to me. This isn't what it's about. Hey, all the possessions, all the money, all the prestige, all the glory, I'm not full. I'm not full from that. Give me some some real love, some real connection, some real truth, some real awareness. And this is where it's so important to really anchor yourself in awareness. Because that's what actually gives you the truth. My my favorite story about this is that that psychological study that they did that I I share it actually quite frequently. But it bears bears sharing frequently of the basketball game where the scientists, the researchers had their subjects who are Smart students, college students, grad school students, watch a basketball game, six-minute basketball game. Red team, white team. And they told them that the task was count how many baskets each team makes. So at the end of the experiment, they give them each a piece of paper, and it says, how many baskets did the white team make? So they all get it right. It was only a six-minute game. Basketball is an easy sport to follow and watch. How many baskets did the red team make? Again, they all get it right. And then the third question, did you notice anything else? Now, more than 50% of the students said no. And it turns out, as in almost all of the psych experiments, what they said it was about is not what it's about. It's never what they say it's about. There's always something else it's about that they don't tell you. And really what this experiment was about had nothing to do with basketball and everything to do with awareness and attention. And it turns out that halfway through the basketball game, in the middle of the court, this huge gorilla came onto the court and proceeded to dance center court right in front of the camera for about 30 seconds and then exited the court. Now, 50% of the students, more than that, missed it. And, you know, it's not that they fell asleep or they sneezed or they stopped paying attention because they actually got all of the baskets right. So it's not an issue of attention. And what they realized is something very, very simple. It all has to do with the instructions. It's not what they were told to look for. They were told, count the baskets. So they did. And they did it fantastically, perfectly. If at the beginning the researchers say, oh, and by the way, don't miss the gorilla, nobody misses it. Or even if they say, oh, and by the way, This isn't really what it's about, but some surprise is going to happen. Pay attention. They don't miss it. And this is the most 
potent and poignant for me metaphor for our lives. As we're, as we're raised, we're given these instructions. Get a good education. Get a good degree. Get a good job. Make a bunch of money. Get married, have kids, build a white picket fence around your house, get a good job, send the kids to good school. Like this is, these are your instructions. Make sure the neighbors respect you. Make sure that, you know, you're popular and everybody looks at you with great esteem. This is what matters. So we do that follow instructions very well. And at some point in our lives, tragically not usually till the end of it or till some, something happens, at some point we wonder, was that it? Was there not anything else? Did I miss something? And just like in the study, it's the same thing in life. That's not what it's about. Now, the difference is in our lives, people aren't purposely trying to trick us. They're not conducting an experiment. And it doesn't last only six minutes. It lasts our whole lives. Which means that the impact is much more detrimental. Missing a gorilla is not the end of the world. Missing the point of your life is. And so this is where sometimes that little little inner something that kind of keeps nagging at you is that sense of, this isn't what it's all about. This isn't what it's all about. Keep your eyes open. Don't miss it. It doesn't mean don't do those things. Do those things. Keep doing them. No problem. But realize that's not what it's about and keep your eyes open. Not just your physical eyes. Because what it is about isn't necessarily going to come in the form of a dancing gorilla. You've got to keep the inner eyes open. And the inner ears open. And the inner intelligence open. To actually experience what it's about, which is experiencing the truth of who you are, experiencing that self, that boundless, infinite love, truth, stillness and energy, that, that exquisite seeming irony, but not really an irony when you experience it, of complete stillness and divine energy at the same time that is that is the universe that is the experience of that that ohm of the universe and so we stay connected to find it so if you've got that sadness that's nagging at you and it keeps nagging and keeps nagging. It might be worth spending some time to look at it and to see what it's trying to tell you.
Might be the trees, might be the rivers. Might be the connection with the people in the world. But it may also be that you're missing something. So allow yourself to look at it and see it. You're listening to OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. OM Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single... Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with Rain. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE, that's H-O-P-E, or visit RAIN.org, that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Welcome back to Inspiration and Transformation. I'm so glad to have you all back here with me. How do we find our dharma? And is it okay if it scares us in the beginning? Because we're walking maybe away from what we thought. And for me, I always go back to the Bhagavad Gita. Go back to different scriptures, but the Gita especially, because it's, it's such an extraordinary provider of answers. And in the Gita, when... Bhagavan Krishna gives the teaching of Dharma. Arjun didn't want to fight the war. He, it begins with him being scared. They give this beautiful description of not just his emotional state, but his physical state. His hair is standing up. Fear. And what's so, for me, important about this teaching is A lot of us think, when I find my dharma, when I find my purpose, it's going to be romantic. It's going to be glamorous. It's going to be really fun. Everybody's going to appreciate me. That somehow out there for me, there is a dharma. There is a purpose. There is a calling that when I do it, It's going to just feel great. And I'm going to be a great success and everybody's going to love me and I'm going to be on the cover of magazines and it's going to be extraordinary, right? We have, especially in the West, especially in the West, as we sort of co-opt teachings from the East without the full depth of the wisdom. But... You look at Arjun and you look at what Lord Krishna tells him. No, it's not going to be fun. No, it's not going to be glamorous. No, it's not going to be romantic. 
No, it's not going to feel good. No, not everybody's going to appreciate you. And it's what you need to do. And it's going to be scary sometimes. Because in many cases, it's not going to be, as they say, towing the party line. And whether the party is my family, whether the party is my culture, when we step out of that and we realize that we have a calling, a dharma, a purpose that isn't just exactly what our parents did or exactly what our culture tells us the model of success is, it's scary. I remember when I decided to move to India, rather when the divine universe decided for me and I was able to oblige, able to come. Everybody tried to tell me, you're crazy. You're crazy, don't do this. This is a horrible mistake. Get yourself set first. Then later you want to take a year or two as a, you know, Spiritual trip, no problem. A Peace Corps type of mission, no problem. But first, settle yourself. Get a name for yourself in your career. Then, yeah, no problem. But I knew that wasn't my, my dharma. I knew if that was what the divine wanted of me, I would have been sent here and given the experiences I was given once I was already settled in my career. Once I already had made a name for myself in my career. Once I was already in that place. But that's not how it happened. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And so, in faith in God, and this again, back to the Gita. Krishna is Arjun's charioteer. Now, it's amazing. It's, it's God. Krishna was not a professional charioteer. He was a king. He was also God, of course, but in his role on planet Earth at that time, he wasn't a driver of horses. But for Arjun, for the war, he was. And it's such a beautiful metaphor and teaching of if you really let God drive your life, if you allow yourself to be in the divine chariot with that faith that God knows 
what God's doing. And if you've got that awareness, that intuition, that knowing of what your dharma is, yeah, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes stepping up to the plate of our life is scary. Whether we're afraid that we're going to fail, whether we're afraid that we're going to make fools of ourselves, whether we're afraid of, oh my God, what are their neighbors going to think? whether we're afraid because people say to us, no, 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 don't do that, whatever it may be. But this is where courage is extolled as as an essential virtue, an essential component of the spiritual path. Because you know what? To meditate even is scary. So many times people say, "I, I can't meditate, I don't know why. And one of the reasons that for so many we can't meditate is it's actually scary. Because to experience a truth other than the story that my mind tells me is scary. Because then it means, oh my God, this identity, this tiny little false identity I've created, may not be true, may not be everything. This drama I've created may not be real. And then, of course, all the years I've spent of my life in this identity and drama, that's scary. And we must meditate. And that's where courage is required to experience the truth of who we are and then to live it. And lastly, here's the beautiful piece. When you have the courage to live it, two things happen. Number one, or three things happen rather. Number one, you have the experience of living your dharma. So you have that possibility of awakening, of enlightenment, of actually what you are here on earth for, of the experience of the truth of the self. And that's that's the highest calling. So you actually have the possibility of awakening. But something else happens also you actually contribute to the awakening of those who were pulling on the other end of the rope. If you and I are pulling on opposite ends of a rope and there's tension, you want me to be one way, I want to be another way, we're each pulling, and I let go of the rope, what happens to it? Well, we hope the other one doesn't actually fall down, but the rope, the, the rope, what happens to the rope? It's slack, exactly. What happens to the tension in the rope? 100% it falls. There's, it's not I let go and 50% of the tension goes. I let go and 100% of the tension goes. 
one person letting go of a karmic tug-of-war and 100% of the tension goes. But that means is that if you find yourself in one of those karmic or dharmic tug-of-wars with someone and you are able to let go, doesn't mean do what they say, But it means let go of trying to convince them, trying to pull them, and just live your truth. A hundred percent of that tension dissipates. And you actually then become an instrument for the possibility of their awakening. It won't necessarily happen. Don't be attached to it by any means. But you actually create the possibility. And lastly, you create a space, an energetic space into which everyone around you is given the the possibility to also have courage to walk their dharma. Because as one person does it, that ripple impact in the family, in the community, in the society is huge. And suddenly other people get courage to also do it. And slowly, 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 you actually become a creator of energetic space, of an energetic container, an ever-expanding container into which others can also come and have the courage to live their dharma. And that's what's really beautiful about it. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. OM Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth Radio is conscious living for your soul. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Like Baldwin with people for the ethical treatment of animals. I grew up loving circuses and other traveling animal shows, but it never occurred to me what life might be like for the animals. Training wild animals to do things they don't understand takes force. Routine discipline with a hook or whip with the heel of a boot shows the animal exactly who's the boss. Don't patronize animal acts. Please contact people for the ethical treatment of animals. 757-622-PETA Welcome back. This is Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati with inspiration and transformation. There's many roles. Many purposes, actually, for both perfection and perfectionism. 
And then there's places where it becomes a detriment. It depends what we are trying to perfect. So the most important role of perfection is the awareness that this moment is perfect. That's the most important role for it. Is can you experience right here, right now, in this breath, perfection. Most of us can't. For most people, there is something always lacking. Those of you who have been coming to satsang for a while or watching videos online have probably heard me tell the story of the test that I had done, the scientific study I had conducted after I was in India for a year or two when I asked about 10 different people I knew back in America, all of whom were at the absolute height of their different fields. Are you happy? And so I had asked a billionaire CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I had asked a Hollywood actress. I had asked a singer with songs in the top 10. I had asked a tenured professor at Stanford. All of the different fields. I'd asked someone I knew personally who was at the top and every one of them still had one thing between them and happiness. So even at that height, it was always, I will be happy when, or I would be happy if. And so the most important aspect of perfection is to be able to recognize the perfection in this moment. Right here, right now, in this breath, there is perfection. Because there is the presence of God. There's divinity. And when I connect with the presence of the divine, and it doesn't matter what your religion is, it doesn't matter whether you even worship God in some organized sort of way or not. It doesn't matter at all. All that matters is a connection with that which is infinite, that which is all-pervasive, And in that connection, there's perfection. And so that's the most important use of it, or place for it, rather. Because otherwise we move through our worlds constantly in this experience of lack. Doesn't matter how much you have. Doesn't matter how much you've achieved. There's always an experience of lack. Everything would be great if I just were richer. 
Everything would be great if I just were more beautiful. Everything would be great if I just could live in this house or that house. If I just could have this job or that job, this husband or that husband, or this waist size or that waist size, or this color skin or that color skin. Until and unless I can recognize the absolute perfection of the moment, A, I'll never actually experience joy, but B, I will never actually experience God. Because as long as I think there is something lacking, I'm not living in the experience of that which is infinite. And so you have a choice. Either I can be here in the presence of that which is infinite, or I can be here in the presence of that which is lacking. And so perfection is being here in the presence of that which is infinite. And... At the same time, we have this beautiful opportunity to also recognize, you know, we speak frequently in satsang about the different planes of existence. And there's many, but there's two most important ones that we talk about. There's that that plane of existence in which there's nothing but God. And on that plane of existence, there is nothing but perfection. On that plane of existence, we are just soul, spirit, consciousness. There is no distinction between us. Everything else is an illusion. And then there is a plane of existence. Neither higher nor lower, better nor worse, just different. In which here we are in this human form. And we've got these very tangible bodies. And we live on a very tangible planet Earth, which we share with innumerable billions of other tangible beings who in their very tangible brains and nervous systems experience hunger, thirst, pain, despair, and with whom we are inextricably linked, which means then that on that plane of existence, it is of utmost importance to do whatever we can as perfectly as we can to take care of that planet. Because here's the place where the two planes of existence merge and overlap. Even if we are living in the experience of that tangible world, well, it's still all God. Because this creation, even the very tangible, palpable temporary creation has been created not only by but of the creator. There is divinity in all of it. 
in the water and the flowers, the trees and the air and the soil. It's all sacred. And we know that there's a beautiful, a beautiful teaching in the Bhagavad Gita where Lord Krishna says, whatever the devotee offers me, patram pushpam phalam toyam, is it a leaf? Is it flowers, fruit, water? Whatever the devotee offers me, with love and devotion, I take it with love. I accept it with love. And so if, if the divine is telling us, and what's interesting is he doesn't say anywhere, whatever the devotee worships me or offers me, a car, a mansion, jewels. He's listed four things. All of them are the most basic aspects of nature. Surely out of one, he could have said a Mercedes. A leaf, a flower, maybe a Mercedes. Maybe a mansion, maybe a diamond, maybe gold. But he didn't. Four out of four. the simplest aspects of creation. Which reminds us, should we ever forget, that that creation is sacred. If it's that which we offer to God, it is sacred. And so, in our experience as matter, amongst matter, it's also essential to move through that world with as much perfection as we can. As much sincerity as we can. This again in the Bhagavad Gita, when Lord Krishna is speaking to Arjuna about doing his duty. And Arjuna says, well, I could die. Look, we're outnumbered. And it's so interesting because Lord Krishna's God, he knew what was going to happen. But he didn't say to Arjuna, and to me this is very, very significant, he did not say to Arjuna, don't worry. I can see the future. I know how this thing is going to turn out. You're going to win. Yeah, it's going to be messy. It's going to be miserable, but you at the end are going to win. He didn't say that. He said, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could die. But to die in the fulfillment, in the absolute, sincere, full, perfect fulfillment of your dharma, of your duty, is infinitely better than living hundreds of years, but not fulfilling sincerely, perfectly your duty, your dharma.
So the, the perfect fulfillment of that, you could say, is on that plane of existence, our absolute highest calling. But our highest calling on the other plane of existence, where everything is God, is simply to realize that. And so it gives us this extraordinary opportunity to actually live in the space of both planes at the same time. Everything is perfect. It's all God. And water the flowers, plant trees, feed the hungry, treat the sick, lift up the fallen, clean the water, do your duty. And the space of both of these experiences is where our ultimate awakening lies. And so the seeking of that, the perfect seeking of that, is our calling. But lastly, it's important also to realize that sometimes perfectionism becomes a way, it becomes a defense mechanism. Meaning, on a much, much shallower plane. So on neither of these two deep, beautiful planes, but on a much shallower plane. You find people, many of us have this streak, where it's every single thing has to be perfect, and if you're not perfect, I'm not going to accept you. I'm not going to love you. Where I'm judging you based on whether it's the perfection of every hair has to be in place, whether it's the perfection of how you speak toward me, whether it's the perfection of the work you do and hand in to me. The dilemma with that, of course, is it's always my model of perfection, right? I mean, there's no, no objective model from which I'm pulling from the universe. The scriptures haven't told us how a perfect report is prepared. The scriptures haven't told us how a perfect meal is cooked, what the perfect amount of salt might be, or the perfect amount of sugar, or the perfect number of words per page or space between lines. Scriptures haven't told us what the perfect waist size is, or skin color is. When we get ourselves lost, in this external nitty-gritty, it all has to be perfect. That's something that pulls us out of our inner experience and our inner work. It's a way of running from the inner that somehow if I can just get all my ducks in a line, I won't have to look at the judgments I'm carrying, the ego I'm suffering with and causing others to suffer from, the jealousy I feel, the control I feel. And so that's where it becomes detrimental. When it's perfection toward how you 
are fulfilling your dharma, have it. When it's perfection toward in the experience of the divine in the present moment, have it. When it's the perfection of how your children, your employees, your neighbors, your spouse, your friends, your family members will go on about their daily lives, drop it. It's only going to cause harm there. But take that vision and turn it back inward. So how can you, if you find that you're looking for perfection outside, turn it around and say, how can I become the perfect example, model, embodiment of compassion, of forgiveness, of understanding? So in this moment, if I'm very angry and frustrated because you haven't done something perfectly, can I turn that energy back inward and say to myself, how can I experience perfect compassion in this moment? Perfect forgiveness in this moment. How can I experience the perfection of this moment despite whatever you may have done or not done? And then every moment becomes an opportunity for our own spiritual practice. Rather than losing these precious moments focused on who's doing what and how they're performing. This brings to a close this hour of inspiration and transformation. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to be together with you all each week. And I look forward to being together again next Thursday, same time, on Ohm Times Radio. Mm-hmm.